Hello, 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 everyone. Yes, and welcome, welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Tamara Beckford. Welcome to our Dr. Tamara Beckford show. Okay, super excited for any one of you who are a physician. If you have a physician-owned company um, and you do medical billing in any kind of way, you know, if you're a dentist, if you have any kind of medical billing or, or in touch, or if you rub shoulders with anyone who does medical billing, you need to be here today because I have one of our best here and she's going to be dropping lots and lots and lots of gems. All right. Okay. So before I go any further, I know that you guys are wondering like, what is going on? Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, you are here with Dr. Tamara Beckford and the Dr. Tamara Beckford show, and we have over 165 episodes. This is one of the premier spaces where you're going to see physicians who are doing amazing things inside and outside of clinical medicine. I have one of those physicians here. Now, if you are unable to finish this podcast today and you're like, oh my God, I need all that info, have no fear. We're going to have this wonderful episode available on our website, which is yourcaringdocs.com. U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S.com. Just click on the lovely face of our Dr. Heather Signorelli, right? And then just click listen here and you'll be able to hear the rest of the episode. If you are a physician and you're like, wow, she's doing great stuff. You know what? I'm doing great stuff too and I want others to know. Hey, we will welcome you on the show also. So just send me an email at Dr. Beckford, Dr. B-E-C-K-F-O-R-D at yourcarendocs.com to book. But do keep in mind, we are booked out three months in advance. Why? Because you all are so amazing. Yes, you guys are so amazing. There are so many wonderful docs out there. All right, without further ado, I'm going to bring my sister on. All right, so this wonderful doc, as I mentioned, she she is like in a space where she is going to really help. I mean, yeah, you're doing all the work, but now you want to get the reward, right? You want to get the reward for the work that you're doing. And that's what she's here to do. So this wonderful doc, she's a graduate of Torah University of California. That's where she went to medical school. And she did her residency at the University of Colorado Hospital in pathology. That's right. So she is a pathologist by training. She's also a vice president and chief lab officer at a nationwide lab service throughout the country, right? At a very, very large um, company. She's also the co-founder of National Revenue Consultant, which she co-founded with her husband. And it's a medical billing company where she helps physicians grow their revenue through reliable and data-driven services. This doc here, she's an Excel queen. She's an Excel queen and she excels at the same time. Yes, I'm talking about the one and only Dr. Heather Signorelli, who's also the podcast extraordinaire of the RevMD podcast, where she's helping all the doctors all over the world get little skills and tips and how to bill and to get that revenue that they need. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, Dr. Heather Signorelli. <laughs> You are awesome. Thank you so much uh, for the warm welcome. I appreciate um, getting a chance to come on and talk to you guys and share some uh, tips and tricks so that, you know, docs out there who are trying to figure out, gosh, how do I get paid and how do I make sure my practice is optimized and um, make sure, you know, you you're on the right path to getting that revenue that everybody deserves. Yes. 
Absolutely, we're doing all the work. But before we get into that, you know, a lot of people are sitting there wondering, wow, um, how did you get into this space? Now, let's bring it all the way back. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring it back to the beginning. Yes. So tell us, what was it that drove you to want to do medicine in the first place? So it's interesting. I, you know, my stepdad who raised me is an OBGYN. My mom ran hospitals. She was a nurse. Now, what's interesting about my mom, and I think why I've gravitated towards the business side of medicine is she um, is ran, ran surgery centers, ran hospitals. She did the clinical side as a nurse, infection prevention, but then the business side of things. And I, I joke with people that I think I was uh, you know, given little tidbits about business and healthcare since I was, you know, in utero. So, <laughs> you know, she's, she's my, uh, my rock when it comes to kind of the the business side of medicine and, um, and really, you know, loved medicine. I mean, that was an easy choice, but what mm -hmm. to do in medicine and pathology was one of those things where you got to do a little bit of everything mm -hmm. and you got to solve problems and fix things and like dive in and like figure out solutions, which, um, to me is actually not much different than medical billing. And I'll get to that. <laughs> Got to dive and figure out the answer. But, yes. um, you know, in residency, I actually started consulting very early on. So I consulted mm -hmm. all the way, literally from the beginning of residency through fellowship. And then um, really got into the business side of medicine within the first 24 hours out of being at a fellowship. I went. <laughs> I, okay. I love it. <laughs> like, so, so the ink dried on the fellowship thing and it was like, let's start. Like, go. And so I went from, um, you know, kind of consulting and fellowship to um, being a system-wide medical director for three different healthcare systems, which is about 40 hospitals, and then getting employed by one of those and then going from, you know, nine hospitals to a hundred hospitals to 200 hospitals. And, and so now do the kind of the clinical operations for a large healthcare system. And so that in, involves operations that involves, you know, clinical protocols and evidence-based medicine to, um, you know, understanding the revenue side and how does that impact what you do in terms of your process. And so all of that kind of, you know, I've just, I, like you said, I love a good spreadsheet. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it's worked out well. <laughs> I love it. You know, your path ha is one of, it's a catapulted path. I wouldn't say it's, I was going to say upward trajectory, but that's more like a catapult. So, you know, when you think back, when was it that you realized like, wow, this clinical portion of medicine I love, but I also love operationals like portion thinking like that, that process to think so strategically and also to do it with um, passion and empathy because one of the challenges now that we have in medicine is that um, we have um, where those who are um, running some of these um, portions of medicine like you know there's a lot of um, there's a, a lot of thought process that, well, this person is not clinical. I don't understand why they're making these decisions that aren't clinical based decisions, but to have someone who understand the clinical aspect and the business aspect, and is also, you know, making these decisions that are challenging decisions. Like when did you find yourself in that position? And you're like, you know what, I can help and I can do this and make a difference. 
um, it's funny. I mean, I think I, I really wanted that side of medicine. I didn't know what it was, oh. but I, in residency even, or actually maybe even medical school, I could, I could, I knew I wanted to make an impact on a big scale. Yeah. I knew I loved process. I like knowing, okay, we're here, we're here. We want to get here. How do we do that? And who to engage? Cause you got to have mm. your stakeholders. You got to have your people. And to your point about empathy and like, um, I, it, there isn't a day that doesn't go by that I have to make a decision mm-hmm. that doesn't impact a massive group of individuals. And so Absolutely. how do we, who do we talk to, to help make that decision? It's certainly not something that, you know, it's just the Heather show. It's right. trying to figure out, unlike the Dr. Beckford show. <laughs> hey, I talked to you and I'm learning. <laughs> But you, you know, it, it is kind of a something that builds over time. It's something, mm-hmm. you know, I've had moments where I'm like, didn't make that decision quite the way I could have. And you kind of have to backpedal and go, okay, let's learn from that and like right. make it, you know, have a better process moving forward. And so you do get kind of skilled at that. And then again, there's still room for me to continue to grow in that as always with anything. Absolutely. But, um, but it is a, it is a hard thing. Cause you know, you're making a decision. That's not just one thing. It's, you know, multiple facilities, it's multiple patients. And so who you engage and, you know, how the evidence-based decisions are made is um, you have to take into account all of these little pieces. And, and it's, um, it, you know, I, I enjoy that part of my job. I enjoy mm-hmm. talking to people and building that relationship and getting that trust and understanding what's going on. So, um, but it's not easy sometimes. So yeah, I, I love it. And, you know, I love that you're a champion in that space in order to, like you say, bring both sides together, you know, because you understand the challenge that ensues. It's not just paper. Like you said, you understand how it affects the individual and how it affects on a larger scale. So the moving parts and I love that you're that you mentioned like you're not this is not the Heather show. <laughs> it's not the Dr. Heather show. Like you're pulling in strategic people who can help to really have that balance and to make it move in harmony. Now, you started noticing these things about yourself and you're noticing also like you know, revenue driven and, and being at that part, your clinical and also in the administrative part, you said you started to notice some difference and how changes can occur to improve revenue. So when did you start noticing that? And you're like, you know what? I found these tips and tricks. I need to show these people. I need to show the other physicians. <laughs> and it was in my day job, you know, it's just realizing like, um, and, you know, talking to other docs is realizing, you know, if processes aren't set up appropriately, we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a solid process, whether that's an operational process, whether that's a feedback mechanism, mm-hmm. so that you understand how things are going, all of that impacts your revenue. We see that in healthcare. We see, I mean, you see that in your budget, right? Like yeah. you're not paying attention and you're out there clicking away at Amazon. What, how does that do to your, to your, you know, Hello, right at the end of the month, you're, you're, you're like, where did this go? <laughs> Boxes come from. <laughs> exactly. You know, and so, um, and so it, to me, you know, it, uh, as a big person who's big into process, and that is what I spend 90% of my day doing, um, how can we help docs who are struggling as revenue 
um, is, is, is as revenue gets harder to capture, right? There's more hoops to jump, rates are going down. And so you have to be able to really optimize every step of your process mm-hmm. so that you can, at the end of the day, win. And, and there are ways in, to grow your revenue and it's, it's not impossible. And, and it's very simple things, but there are specific things. So Oh, wonderful. Okay, so I love that you said, this is possible because you know, when you're knee deep in it, you feel as if this is impossible. <laughs> like there's no way, how, how am I ever? So now let's dive deep into it with some tips and tricks. So tell us how you think strategically and how one who is running a, an office, um, a practice should think strategically and some of the key pointers that they should keep in mind in order to optimize and be able to get that revenue that they deserve. So we're going to talk about three things today. Absolutely. Um, the first is billing metrics. So, mm-hmm. um, and and there are simple billing metrics you can track and trend in your practice, but you have to follow them. You mm-hmm. can't ignore them. You can't be like, well, I just don't know what any of those means. I'm just going to like put this over here. Or I think somebody's taking care of it. So uh, I think it'll be fine. Like money's coming in. It's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Not okay. No. <laughs> just not okay. Like you're running a practice, you're running a business. You got to have metrics. You got to look at, you know, what's going on, you know, with your clean claims, right? So that's the amount of time that claims get to the, um, to the clearinghouse the first time, right? Cause that mm-hmm. impacts, if it gets there clean the first time you're going to get paid faster or ah. at least the claim's going to get adjudicated faster. So then you can kind of get the ball ro- rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, things like your denials, it's, um, you know, what's going on with your denials? Are your billers staying on top of your denials? Are those being tracked and trended? Uh, are there practice issues that we need to address? Mm. Uh, things like prior offs, eligibility, all of those things, if they're not done well, cost denials. Mm. And so the other thing is accounts receivable. So that's the bucket of money that's sitting there waiting to get paid. You're hoping that some of that money comes into your bank account. It's called your accounts receivable. The Mm. age of that accounts receivable. So if it's over 90 days, means it gets harder to pay. It gets Mm. harder to get that money. So how much of that accounts receivable is over 90 days? Um, And so all of, I mean, we could, I could spend an hour on this and and I, and I, and I do spend an hour talking about this uh, about once a quarter, but Mm -hmm. Billing metrics. So if you're sitting there listening, guys, and you don't have billing metrics, go sit down with your billers. Mm-hmm. Go demand that they explain it to you, that they give you a monthly report, that they sit down with you, that they give you a video. Do something so that you can start understanding and chipping away at that block. You don't have to be an expert at every single billing metric. Right. Just start somewhere. Ah, I love it. So billing metrics. So if someone already, this is my practice, it's running. But I don't have an idea what's going on. Money is coming in. Who? Thank God. Mm-hmm. First place that you'd recommend they start because all of this is so overwhelming. And I'm like, oh, no, this is a spaghetti junction. I don't know how to unravel it. First thing that you would recommend. Uh, it's your accounts receivable. Look at your accounts receivable. I mean, I, I've got the LinkedIn uh, users over here chi- tapping away and, and it is that accounts receivable. What is that buck? Because that's the health of your billing process. Because mm-hmm. if you've got 50, and it, it, you want to look at it at percent. So if you've mm-hmm. got 50, 60% of your accounts receivable over 90 days, that's a problem. Some of mm-hmm. it is always going to be over 90 days because that's mm-hmm. just payers are slow and you do have to manage denials and you do have to manage AR. Like that's all of that, that all happens. Right, um, right. 
But the thing is, is how, what is that percent that's over 90 days? So of your entire accounts receivable, what is the percent that's over 90 days? And, um, and that's really important because then, you know, like what's the health of your billing doing? Do you need to make a change? Do you need to sit down with your biller and kind of crack the whip a little bit? Mm-hmm. Uh, because especially in practices with multiple subspecialties, it, it, I mean, it can get quick and easy to get overwhelmed <laughs> and, yeah. so, and for your billing team to get overwhelmed. And so you, it, it's just, we've got to stay on top of it. Okay. So when you're in that spaghetti junction and you're trying to figure out, Oh my gosh, where do I start? Account receivable. Mm-hmm. Start with that right there. All right. So I'm finally starting to get a little bit of understanding. Now, where do I go next? Okay, so number two that I'd like to talk about is manual processes. Mm-hmm. So I'd like for, you know, um, and then this includes office processes as well as billing. It all kind of melds together, right? Mm-hmm. How much of your process is manual? So, you know, is are your patient payments that you're collecting, does that get interfaced to your practice management software or is somebody keying it in? Mm. Um, that can be patient statements that are, are uh, paid for after a, uh, a statement has gone out. Is that manual? Um, what's your eligibility process and your prior auth process? Is that manual? Do a, a workflow analysis, what I like to say. Mm-hmm. Go through, and, and this it's a fancy word. It's really not that hard. You start at point A. Okay, where, where does that patient come in and where does that you know, money come in at the, at the last end of it and go through every single step? Okay, how is a patient registered? What do my patient forms look like? I mean, like literally outline every single piece. And mm-hmm. you can just even say, like, are these connected processes? Or are they... Do you have to feel like you have to draw a spaghetti diagram to figure out what happens in your practice? You mm. want a straight line. Stuff starts here. It, it you know, goes to the end. You register the patient. The practice management software is doing the eligibility. As much stuff is interfaced between your EHR and your practice management software, patient payments get into your practice management software. You really want to really automate as much as possible mm-hmm. and make it as streamlined as possible. It's it's the best way for errors not to happen. Errors are going to happen. Things right. are going to happen. That, that, so everybody just recognize that. <laughs> we understand that errors will happen. But, you know, if you think about it, if you have the spaghetti junction versus the straight line, when there's an, an error that occurs, it's probably going to be easier for you to determine at what point. Correct. And, it, yeah. and, and you know, the more spaghetti things you have, the, the more errors happen. And so it's just really important to try and, you know, just make as much streamlined. And this is not an overnight process. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got a spaghetti, start at one piece that you've seen errors and m- make a small change and then see how it goes and mm-hmm. then make another small change. The, the other mistake I see is when you see the spaghetti mat, you're like, well, I'm just going to blow the whole thing up. <laughs> Blow it up. <laughs> uh, you know, like, just, just slow down, down a little bit. Blow it all up at one time. You know, one one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not to say that if you get one off, you can't quickly go to the next. You can. It's just if something doesn't work well, you want to know where in the process 
um, you know, you may need to do some more tweaking. And so if you change everything at once, it can be a struggle. And um, so again, manual processes just in your, in your practice, and that can be patient forms. And, you know, where did that form go? I don't know. It's shoved in some drawer. It's sitting on Susie's desk. I mean, I don't know, but you just optimizing that. And that's a good exercise. You know, as you're going into the new year, you're like, I want it fresh and clean. And this Mm -hmm. is a perfect way to spend the next two weeks and try and like, you know, map it out. And then start picking, you know, pick your top three things and then start with those. I love it. I love it. I love it. Alrighty. So we're doing accounts and now we're strategically mapping out our processes so we can know where is this money going? How from the patient touches the front of the building until you are paid in the end, you have an idea in a straight line, not a spaghetti junction. You can unravel your spaghetti a little bit at a time. And tips for those who want to just blow up the spaghetti. <laughs> just get, Don't do it. <laughs> Take a deep breath yes. and just work at it one piece at a time. Yes. All righty. So our third big tip. Pay your contracts, guys. Pay your contracts. Wow. Okay. Pay your contracts. So uh, this has been just a fascinating area. And I know they're frustrating. Guys, I know everybody who just heard me say pay your contracts. They probably just got constipated. I I did. I I get it. Like, they're awful. But we can't ignore things just because it's awful. Absolutely. So um, I recommend pay your contracts, having a plan around pay your contracts. Um, You know, really sitting down and understanding who am I contracted with? what plans I contracted with. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's somebody in your office manager who's been delegated that, okay, let's make a list. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the list of contracts that I'm credentialed with, my payers? When am I due for recredentialing? Um, start gathering you know, your contracts so you actually have them. Not right. like, oh, I think that they're somewhere with- you know, that drawer. Poor that Susie. Drawer. It's on her, is it on Susie's yeah. desk also? But Susie left and I don't- <laughs> I think the contracts went with Susie. <laughs> so you want to have some idea of, okay, where did the payer contracts go? What are your fee schedules? There's like, and I know sometimes those are hard to get because I think that they, they're, I think the payers want there to be some mystery around it. Guys, mm-hmm. eliminate the mystery. Go mm-hmm. find your payer rep, get your payer contracts, get it organized. If you don't have a credentialing person to do it, there's some great recommendations. Um, we have, um, folks that we work with that are phenomenal, that can help just organize it all for you mm-hmm. and get everything settled. And so um, you just, it, it's one of those areas, it's kind of like your billing metrics, right? You kind of want to ignore it because you're like, oh, I don't know what they need. Oh, that's basically <laughs> Sorry, it's just got to, you know, if you're going to run a practice and you're going to have insurance payers, you, you got to have your contracts organized. It's just because here's the thing. Once you start recognizing, oh, I haven't actually negotiated that contract in 10, 15 years, guess what? That's an exercise now you can do. So once you kind of get organized and understand, okay, where are my payers at? Who's paying what? Let's get my top three payers that are on the low end and see if I can negotiate more payers or uh, mm-hmm. sorry, higher rate and, right. and their strategies to doing that. And so, um, but if you don't know what your payer contracts are and you don't know what the plans you pay, you know, then it's like this like nebulous thing. I don't know. Yeah. And, Again, I know it's one of those painful things. It's kind of like going to the dentist. Nobody really wants to go to the dentist, but you feel so good after you go. Yes. Nice, shiny teeth. (laughs) teeth. Get your nice, shiny teeth. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. So, you know, we are, and I think that this is very timely. As you mentioned, 
you know, we're at the end of 2022. It doesn't matter. If you've had your head in the sand, you're not alone. Oh, <laughs> you're not alone. But this is a great time to be to slowly rise up, look, take that deep breath, and then figure out a step at a time. And like we said, if it's all overwhelming, biggest deep breath, do not blow up the spaghetti because what's going to happen, you're still going to have to wipe all that stuff off the walls. So let's not, <laughs> let's not. So yeah, let's not blow the spaghetti. So we're going to do accounts receivable part one. Where's all this? How, what percentage of this? Like, wait a minute. I didn't realize that blank percentage of my accounts are over 90 days. Correct. How can I bring that down? Right. How can I make that less? So you're bringing now, and, and this is all about, so, you know, when people hear physicians and money, you know, a lot of times there's this negative connotation, but these are my, this is what you've already worked for. So none of this is, is this is what you've already done the work. Dr. Signorelli is showing you ways for you to get the money from the work you've already done. That's similar to if you have a contractor and you ask them to put a beautiful garage door up and the garage door is up, but you haven't paid the contractor. Mm-hmm. the contractor will be a little bit upset. You know, how does he get his money? That's the same thing. You've already done the work. And so now you're trying to just get the money that you deserve slash have earned. Let me see. Is <laughs> so Dr. Christina doing saying that she's finding curious that they're trying to decide who to get paid. I know it is backwards, but you know, that's the society and that's the system that we're in right now. Until there's a change, we have to be able to figure out how we can get the money that we've earned, how we can get it back into our accounts, right? Get it back into the practice. All right. So we've said, look at accounts receivable, understand your billing metrics, right? Um, workflow analysis was number two. That's when we said, just take it one step at a time. Just like the lady in the tram, the spaghetti, and you know, they took it one step at a time. <laughs> They're able to get it done. Absolutely. Alrighty. So, Dr. Heather, now, you know, when did you seem to notice that, like, you know what, I can actually help people and do this as a um, business because the business is service and earning, you know? So you're all to your serving and really helping a lot of physicians who might have their head in the sand or they're seeing the spaghetti and they're just like two seconds away from hitting that button to blow up the spaghetti. So when did you notice, what year did you start noticing this? And when did you decide to put together a company to help those? It was during COVID really. I mean, it's just seeing physicians struggle and a lot Mm. of it was due to billing process. And so- Um, you know, we have uh, a great team of individuals who um, run the billing company. My, hus- my husband runs it from a day-to-day perspective, and I mm-hmm. um, help kind of do the education piece on the side and just make sure that, because I, I do think that if we know more as a physician, right, as we, mm-hmm. if we know more about the business side, we're able to make better decisions. Absolutely. You know, I make a better decision in my day job when I understand both the financial and the clinical aspects. Absolutely. So, that's the same piece in a private practice, the same piece as an employed doc. You've got to know both pieces to make good, efficient decisions to deal with the system that, you know, the healthcare system that we're in, because it, it is reality. Mm-hmm. And so how can we help 
physicians really get the education that they need and understand the metrics, understand what they mean. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are our benchmarks? What are key performance indicators that we can put in place to help manage those metrics? All of that is connected. And so um, our team actually provides a, a data dashboard for our clients so Ooh. that they and we're automating it. And actually, I actually met with our um, data team uh, over the weekend, and they have some great tools that they're giving so that the practices can look at it and go, okay, oh. <laughs> see what's going on. So it's not these like one-off PDFs where you're like, I think that's good. You actually <laughs> yeah, right. read, oh. read. Okay, like well, look at colors. Like we're doctors, we can we like we like um, numbers when we understand them. Yes. And, that's, that's, we're trying to boil it down. The team's trying to boil it down to make it easy for docs to really understand. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, for, for us, it's really about just making sure that um, the education, that everything is reliable, that communication's on point. And so um, I'm proud of the team. They've done a good job this year. And um, I just um, am excited to see the docs that we've been able to help. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, as I sit and listen to this, and you're right, you know, we've been in a space where we've learned so many things in med school, but matrix and billing. I know. Not and most people don't like Excel spreadsheets like I do. So I get it. <laughs> but I, I mean, it's okay. It's okay if we're not the Excel queen that you are. <laughs> but I'm wondering if this is an opportunity to create a space. I'm not forcing Dr. Signorelli and her team to go into the, to create a space for um, those who are in medical school to learn some of these skill sets because it's really such a nebulous portion for them. And, you know, you leave out in a spaghetti junction and then, but even just learning some of the basics will help those who are coming out that wants to step into the space to say, yeah, you know, I understand what my billing metrics is because a lot of us come out and we're just signing contracts. Like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we, you know, and it's, I have had a few residents come to the courses that, that we've taught on the, that we'll do on the weekends at about once a quarter. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. You've made, given me some ideas. Maybe we need to expand. <laughs> I'm not forcing anything on Dr. Sigourney. No, but I, as I sit in, I think, I think this is just such an important aspect of medicine and the business of medicine, which we're not taught. And, you know, and it could probably shape off so many years and, um, of, and keep a lot of physicians within the practice because, you know, like, yes, you know, it's like, oh, we've been hearing these rhetoric, oh, private practice is dead. But no, Dr. Signorelli's like, no, these are the things that you need to just keep in mind so you can thrive in your practice. And she started off by giving us the top three. There's so much more, you know, there's so much more out there. Now you have this wonderful podcast that you decided to do because you're like, you know what, during my musing, when I muse and I think about all the great things. I want to share it with others. So tell them about this wonderful podcast. 
It's RevMD. Um, it's a weekly podcast. We talk about just all things business and um, medicine and with relation to, to medical billing. Uh, get some coding tips in there. It's just some general practice, um, you know, support. And so um, look forward to having you guys go and check us out. So it's RevMD on, on I, wherever you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. It's out there. Love it, love it, love it. Now, with all that you're doing, you're still working, right? I mean, oh, you're doing all this. Thing. Yeah. So you're still working. So you're still the vice president and the chief lab officer, you know, in this large uh, organization that spans, you know, throughout the country and you're overseeing um, like hundreds of hospitals. But what is Dr. Signorelli doing in order for self-care in order to not burn out? Because you wear, you're wearing so many hats. I didn't even put the mom and the wife hat on. I just did the career hats. <laughs> There's those two. You know, it's a, it's a takes a village. You know, mm-hmm. um, I love my job. I, uh, you know, I love what I do for work. Um, I like this side stuff. Um, you know, that the company um, has a lot of, a lot of team members. You have to learn how to delegate. You know, there are things that I don't enjoy doing. And guess what? I have outsourced those things. There are no mm-hmm. longer things that are on my to-do list. Mm-hmm. And outsource may be my husband takes them on. It doesn't necessarily mean a third party, but him and I will divide up. Okay, I don't hate that chore. Okay, I hate that chore. You do that. I'll do this. And we've just kind of divided and conquered. And there's things that he does and there's things that I do. And like, I enjoy cooking every night for my family. So I that is my love and my thing that I usually put on a podcast while I cook mm-hmm. and I have my moment. And so, you know, you've got to that's find like your, that's, your, that's your zone that's of my this zone to like, come off work. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's my time to come off my day job is to cook for the family, spend time with them, do homework. And, um, and so, you, you know, you kind of have to divide and conquer. I can't say that all days I'm perfectly poised. There are days, <laughs> but um, you know, but they're at the end of it. I love my day job. I like, you know, watching this business grow. I like, you know, watching the success of, of my husband and the team and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I like helping educate physicians on, you know, that to me fills my cup. And mm-hmm. so to me that that's a, it's a joy. And so it's just a matter of, um, you know, finding the stuff you love to do, sticking with that. Um, and it all kind of works out. Love it, love it, love it, love it. And so, you know, your self-care is really taking that time to do what you enjoy, but it also feels over to the family. So that's your, that even though I'll say it is like a quiet time because it is kind of a quiet time. So you're, you're going back into yourself. Are you an introvert or extrovert or ambivert? I'm uh, I'm an extrovert introvert. Like, I mean, I love, you know, being out and about, but then I hit my wall and I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. See you there. There There's me and my podcast and my cooking. Yep. And I got, (laughs) And I have about an hour in the morning. I wake up really early, but that's, it's a natural thing. I don't set an alarm. I just wake up early, mm-hmm. but then when the house is quiet. I can have a cup of coffee. Nobody's talking to me. I can think about my day or plan what I've got going on. And so, uh, and then I typically need about, about a half hour in the evening um, also just to read or to whatever. And so that's right before bed. So those are all they're my other two tricks for me. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yes. Zoning in on self to start the day and also zoning in to relax and to end the day. Alrighty. So it's my fun question of the day. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. You're ready for it. Okay. So I have to think about it. 
So if you weren't a doctor, Dr. Signorelli, if you weren't a doctor, if you weren't, let me see, I got to pull some other things off that I've heard you talk about. So not in medicine. Yeah. And you weren't a podcaster. What would you be? Is it weird if I say CFO? <laughs> You're not in medicine. Not in medicine. No, a chief financial officer, like a CFO. Like I don't need to be in a healthcare company. I love numbers, guys. I just, I don't know. This is the numbers queen. <laughs> so I think I would be, I would be over numbers in a different way. I, I like numbers. Um, it is what is enjoyable to me. I like figuring out where the money went and why it's not where it should be. And um, I like planning numbers. I mean, you should see my personal way I ma manage our finances. So, I mean, I like numbers. So, I, I'm going so to have to CFO. CFO. Chief Financial Officer. And it doesn't oh. necessarily have to be in a hospital. No, it's not because we, we already did. You're actually the first Chief Financial Officer. You're not the first person who loves numbers. Dr. Tolu loves numbers, too. Oh, yeah, Dr. Hey, Dr. Tolu. <laughs> yes, hey, Dr. Tolu. So, Dr. Tolu took extra... <clears throat> calculus classes in undergrad because she loves math so much and I'm like are you serious she's like yes I just took the extra class because I think she probably went up to Cal 4 whatever numbers calculus she went up to just because she loves math so much so you're in great company <laughs> I mean I did physical chemistry which I was a biochemistry major so I did, you did pecan <laughs> And that was painful. So, um, but I made it through. There was a lot of calculations and there's a lot of, oh man, brings back memories. But yes, love <laughs> just not those. <laughs> just not that one. I love it, love it, love it. Alrighty, so Dr. Signorelli, who loves math, she loves that Excel spreadsheet. That is her jam. And with all that she does, she loves helping physicians to be able to bring back the money into their business with data-driven um programming and services. So for those who are listening, who are like, oh my gosh, I need to find her. And um, wait a minute, are you taking on clients? And like, wow, where is this podcast? Let them know where they can find you. Yep. Uh, they can head on over to nationalrevenueconsulting.com where you can get a link to our podcast and fill out a contact form. And we're happy to chat and see if we're a good fit. And yes, we are taking uh, on new clients after the new year. We've got um, we, we've, it's been busy. Um, so we're kind of scheduling, uh, we like to have a small number of clients transition at a time just so everybody can get the uh, attention that they need. Cause wonderful. It, wonderful. Yeah. So how does it, so yours, you said transition at a time. So you help to move the spaghetti into a straight line and then have the practice be able to continue. We have a, depending on what the practice needs, we have kind of a different level of services, mm -hmm. um, but the, it can be anything from full revenue cycle management and with billing and coding uh, to kind of helping more deal with some of the um, uh, process stuff uh, mm -hmm. and credentialing. Again, you know, we have some team members that we recommend. Um, we don't uh, ourselves do it. We kind of have a partner that does that with us mm -hmm. and it's great. And that it kind of helps you pick and choose the products that you need, depending on your practices needs. Are you, are you set and good with your, your, you know, software or, or do you need help with that? I mean, so there's different kind of levels that different practices need depending on their journey. Love it. Love it. Love it. So let them know where they can find you again. Now that they're like, Oh, wow. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that there's so many, I can choose 
the different parts that I need. Yeah. Let them know where they can find you. Nationalrevenueconsulting.com. Love it, love it, love it. Go ahead. Do you have something else to say? Let them know. No, at RevMD is the podcast. Head on over there and check us out. And um, we've got, uh, I think, uh, 30 some odd episodes uh, to, for folks to, to binge on. Love it. Love it. Alrighty. Any last minute words of advice or encouragement as those who are listening and they have private practices and they're thinking like, Ooh, okay. I want to start off 2023 strong words of advice or encouragement. It's okay. Not to know it's mm -hmm. not okay. Not to ask. Mm -hmm. So you've got to just recognize it's okay for stuff to be super fuzzy to not know the answer. Like that is a okay. Don't ignore it though. Love it. Love it. Love it. All righty. So with that, I thank you, Dr. Signorelli, for stopping by and dropping so many gems and especially helping to streamline the thinking for those who've had their head in the sands or they feel super overwhelmed, but they're ready to really start 2023 and on the right so with that, now for those of you who are listening or if you came in late and you're like, oh my gosh, where was all that info? Have no fear. All of this will be available on our Your Caring Docs podcast. Let's go to yourcaringdocs.com and click the podcast button. You'll see the link and you'll see Dr. Signorelli's beautiful face. So just click listen here and you'll be able to get all this wonderful, wonderful info. And do not forget to leave her a five-star review because this info is gold is going to bring in all the money. Well, most of it, because you have to do the work. Remember, she's going to help you, but you still have to do the work. You you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she'll help you to do that. So thank you so much, Dr. Signorelli, for stopping by. For those of you guys who want to be a part of the Your Caring Doc show and you'd like to highlight all these wonderful things you're doing inside and outside of clinical medicine, do not hesitate to lead, to send me an email at drbeckford at yourcaringdocs.com book do keep in mind we are booked out three months in advance because you guys are so awesome it's not because of me it's because of you all these wonderful things that you guys are doing inside and outside of clinical medicine thank you guys and have happy holidays we will see you guys again next week for another wonderful set of docs who are doing amazing things so for those of you guys who need to get that revenue cycle billing in Dr. Signorelli, she's here to help you. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much again for being here. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>